0: <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's really great to talk with you, and, and actually to actually have a conversation uh, with the two of us, because I think we've been communicating by email quite a bit, and uh, um, we've visited each other's uh, webinars on on various podcasts. And uh, oh, I'm and and I'm looking forward to, and I'll uh, plug also in a couple weeks. You'll be back on the ICMDA webcast. Um, and that's right,
1: talking about uh, uh, organs from animals. Yes, that's
0: right. Okay. Well, before we uh, are uh, get into all of the good stuff, I'm I'm going to uh, have a little introduction. I'll read an introduction to uh, everyone. This is Dr. Trevor Stammers, and he is currently the editor in chief of the New Bioethics a journal uh, published by Taylor and Francis. He's previously associate professor in bioethics and medical law at St. Mary's University Twickenham in the UK. He practiced family medicine for 27 years before, before entering academia. He is currently writing a book on the ethics of organ acquisition and contributing a chapter on organ trafficking to a new book on human trafficking from Policy Press. His latest book, co-edited with Dr. Callum McKellar, is the ethics of generating posthuman persons which is due out from Bloomsbury academic in February 2022 and I'm very much looking forward to both of these publications and I'm so thrilled I'm absolutely delighted to have someone uh with your experience and knowledge to uh, join us on this uh, podcast so I'm yeah so I'm very looking at very much looking forward to having this conversation and so why don't why don't we set the table a lot of a lot of the people who listen watch probably have heard about organ trafficking or human trafficking for organ uh, rec- um, organ um removal and so why don't why don't you uh set the table for us and and sort of describe what we're talking about so people have a good foundation uh, for what we're talking about here okay well
1: this this may be one of the most Complicated parts of our our, our chat because um, understanding what organ trafficking is about um, is uh, quite difficult. So I think we've got one uh, slide Mm -hmm. there to help um, listeners as I as I talk. Um, Basically, um, organ trafficking consists of two separate. Uh, areas, but um, uh, uh, overlapping. And so uh, it's uh, uh, and you can ignore the text around the diagram, it's just the overlapping circles in, in, in the middle. Um, organ trafficking uh, is the overlap between uh, human trafficking and trafficking in organs, tissues and, and cells and uh, it only forms uh, a small part of human trafficking. Most of that is um, concerned with slave labor and um, uh, sexual exploitation. About five to 7% of it is the trafficking of humans for the purposes of um, uh, organ removal so that's one element of it. Um, but there is also an element of uh, trafficking in organs that doesn't involve the transporting of, uh, of people. So uh, in the middle there, uh, in the Venn diagram, you've got um, uh, human trafficking for the purposes of uh, organ removal, HTOR, and then you've got the trafficking of uh, um, uh, organs uh, 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 of human organs as part of a broader offence of uh, trafficking in organs, uh, tissues and and cells. Um, so even uh, working in this field now for quite a number of years, um, I, I still find it quite um, difficult to explain. So um, you can understand how difficult it is to um engage in uh, legislation and, and research um, on this. Um, if that didn't make sense, perhaps um, uh, I will uh, read part of the um, key defining texts for this currently, um, if, if that would be useful. Sure. Because I think it shows how the process of defining it has shifted. now. Probably the key instrument that um, focused on trying to control human trafficking um, as a whole um, was the 2000 United Nations um, uh, Palermo Protocol. And that had a long definition of tracking in persons which ended for the purpose of exploitation. Exploitation shall include Prostitution of others or other forms of sexual exploitation, forced labor, slavery or practices similar to it, servitude, or the removal and manipulation, uh, implantation of organs. And uh, some people thought at the time that that had sort of been added at the end as an afterthought. And so when the protocol was um, updated uh, in 2018, organ trafficking um, and trafficking for the purposes of organ removal were separately uh, defined. And I think that has made things much clearer, if not more um, concise. So I'm just going to read out the definition for trafficking in persons, which is trafficking in persons for the purposes of organ removal is the recruitment transportation, transfer, harboring receipt of persons by means of threat or force or other forms of coercion of abduction, fraud, deception, the abuse of power or a position uh, of vulnerability or the giving or receiving of payments or benefits to achieve the consent of a person or having control over another person for the purpose of removing their organs. Um, that that's quite a mouthful, but it is, I think, a comprehensive capture um, of all the processes that are involved in a very complicated crime. And then organ trafficking, uh, other than trafficking in persons, is then defined uh, under five other uh, separate offences, which I won't go into here. But I think it helps to explain right from the start how complex uh, and widespread this whole a, a system of activity
0: is. Sure. I, now, just um, just so people can understand it, some of the people will be listening in a podcast form. And so if you want to hop over to the YouTube channel, you can have a look at this slide. Um, but we're looking at a couple of Venn, we're looking at a Venn diagram with two circles that are overlapping and you have human trafficking in one circle and, and OTC. And I'm taking that's organs, tissues, and cells. That's yeah. right. Yep. And then the the overlapping part is the organ removal, uh, is the human trafficking for organ removal. And so I, you know, one of the things that strikes me about this is that you've got the separate, you've got a separate phenomenon of organ trafficking, uh, as opposed to the human trafficking for organ removal. And then a second part to this, you can help clarify is you've got cells and tissues, in addition to organs listed there. So can you elucidate a little bit more about that—that that actual cells are being trafficked and tissues are being trafficked—and and what what do you mean by that? I think that's something that most people don't even think about.
1: Yes, I think I think this this is um, reflective of a division of how um, medicine works. Uh, and how the law works in its classification of uh, offenses. And one of the complexities here, I think, is that uh, with an interdisciplinary um, subject, there is a kind of clash of, uh, of cultures. The first part is probably easiest to explain. Uh, not every um, criminal activity um, under this protocol and various other laws involving um, organ transplantation necessarily involves the trafficking of a person, the moving of the whole person with their organs across borders. Um, The organs can be taken out in uh, one country uh, and remain there and the person to whom they will be transplanted can, can um, uh, can move there. Um, so that's that's the differentiation there. But of course, um, from the point of view of the motivation and the exploitation of the person from whom the organ is taken, doesn't make any difference whether, well, to some extent, as to whether they're moved to another country. Um, and so um, the organ uh, m- may be uh, removed uh, and Uh, the recipient can move to that country or the organ might be packed in ice and uh, and shipped off. Um, And in the legislature to cover that, um, because it's just not solid organs, but Mm. also um, other tissues and particularly reproductive um, tissues, um, it, it is a broader canvas, and it also uh, covers cells as well to um, uh, make the legislation uh, complete and neat and tidy. But it does make life <laughs> difficult for us.
0: That sounds like an oxymoron to have neat and tidy legislation. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, but actually that's the, you know, it's, it's, I it just, it gives, it gives people a, a taste for just how complicated it is. You know, human trafficking is complicated as it is, uh, with it being international and this globalized nature, but then you've got people moving the donors and the recipients and tissues and cells and organs and things like that. It's actually, absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah. So and I, and I- do you have many more to, I'm sorry.
1: I, I think your reflection there just just um, r- reminds me of a point to emphasize uh, in in this particular podcast that, that 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 means it's an area that gets overlooked mm. from both viewpoints, because most organizations and journals concerned with human trafficking um, will have very little on organ trafficking in people for the purposes of organ removal on htor uh, and in fact a new journal i encountered as a result of uh, being asked to do this podcast the journal of human trafficking i think had only two articles in it on uh, organ trafficking um, so that, that that that's one uh, aspect but also um, organ trafficking and Human trafficking for the purposes of organ removal also gets a raw deal in the um, legislation against human trafficking uh, as well. Um, And that's mostly cast in the form of punishing traffickers, whereas um, the uh, protection of um, the system for Doing something that's essentially good. I mean, uh, organ transplantation is one of the greatest advances I think of of medicine in the uh, uh, in the 20th century, and so it's essentially a good thing. It involves uh, people who are trained to uh, uh, to help others. On the uh, criminal system for dealing with the other aspects, um, it, it is not particularly refined. At, uh, Uh, dealing with um, organ trafficking, I think.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Do you have more to say about this slide? Um...
1: I I think uh, we probably had quite enough to say about that slide. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you've got... Because you're, you're also looking at, you know, that the one thing I want to point out is you've got a spectrum of arrows, you've got living person on one side and deceased person on the other side. Because when you think about human trafficking, we're often thinking about live people and transported people. And that's what H tour is. But then you've got the, you've got the trafficking of just the, the, the parts of people, if you will. Um, And, you know, perhaps post-mortem.
1: uh, thank you for pointing, pointing to the uh, the arrows. Yes, that's another big divide, of course, that, that organs for transplantation come from both the living and the dead. And by definition, uh, the trafficking of, of human persons uh, involves transporting living persons. Although, sadly, um, uh, recent history here has, has shown that they may start the journey living. but. Yep end up deceased in the the back of containers and so on. So um, it doesn't matter what the purpose, uh, people can still end up uh, dead. Um, But a lot of the organ tissues, um, uh, uh, organ um, donation worldwide is from uh, deceased uh, uh, persons and they can also be legally or um, illegally used. So that's another, important dividing uh, a point, not in the Venn diagram itself, but on the annotation.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, thank you for this. I um, think it's a very helpful slide, but I'm going to stop. Complex, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, yes. But I mean, you know, it's up there for a while and hopefully people have had a chance to really look at that well, but hey, we can talk a little bit about what the current incidence of HTOR is and, and maybe would it be helpful for our discussion to keep it on HTOR and or um, how do you what do you think about that? I'm I'm still learning um, as we're talking here. Um,
1: uh, for for um, the figures, I think H tour is is clearer, and yeah. let's talk about that as a um, sort of standard position and if we begin to talk about um uh trafficking of uh, uh organs rather than the people with them we can we can share it back.
0: and that uh, just to I'm sorry to interrupt but just to clarify for our listeners again h tours human trafficking for organ removal and that's when we're talking about people who are trafficked for their organs um, as opposed mm-hmm. for labor or sex or other things and that was in that 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 overlapping part of the diagram. And so just to uh, clarify, so we don't lose people off the bat here. So, all right, thank you. Sorry for interrupting. No, that's
1: that's fine. So trafficking of people, uh, even that the numbers um, uh, are very variable. This morning I've seen two numbers of um, 2 million people uh, trafficked um, a year. Um, but uh, other figures of around six hundred to eight hundred thousand a year, and I think this again um, emphasises the, the difficulty of collecting statistics and with different definitions and so on. But I mean, we are talking for sure about hundreds of thousands of people per year, and this, all these figures are pre uh pandemic Mm -hmm. and i suspect that now um, the numbers are um, increasing and we may talk about that later um with regard to the u.s um uh, trafficked into the u.s each year um is a figure that seems to be um fairly um consistent and certainly the figures indicate that uh, up to three quarters are, are women and up to a half will uh, will be children. So um, it, it's uh, uh, n- large numbers, but only, as I said before, about five to seven percent of those will be for the purposes of um, organ removal. Sure, uh, but but that results. In around twelve um, thousand illegal transplants a uh, year, uh, yeah. it's reckoned about one in ten organs um, transplanted worldwide per wow. annum um, is is traffic, which is a staggering um, figure, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's and I, I think it's 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 most likely a gross underestimation. I mean, if we're thinking about oh, other right. countries like. Uh, You know if you go talk about china they're not actually trafficking people they're taking organs from people in their prisons for example and things like that that you know that's you know we this is why it's so difficult to talk about numbers in human trafficking anyway is just because how you define something that's um yeah it's, it's very yeah. difficult. Anyway, it's not that the numbers are important, but just to give people an idea about something that rarely hits uh, the, any news cycle or, or even human trafficking circles. Uh, this is something that's, that's quite, it's a, lot, it's a lot larger problem than people realize. And I think that's just the point.
1: Um, it's it's a very embarrassing problem, mm. uh, and particularly for, for medics. And your reflection just there has just sort of taken me back to uh, pre-pandemic, um, just pre-pandemic. I was uh, in Australia talking, uh, amongst other things, about organ trafficking. And um, one of the senior Australian um, doctors who was on the panel with me had recently been out to China to do some teaching. And, and it was really quite difficult because um, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not wanting to impute blame, but clearly he was very embarrassed by my talking about China. And I, and I have to say, I'm uh, a declaration of interest. I'm, I'm an, uh, on the UK committee for uh, end transplant abuse in Uh, China. Um, and It's quite clear from the China tribunal that was held here um, uh, just two years ago, I went to some of the evidence sessions for that, that despite China's denial that it's um, doing these things now, um, the numbers speak for themselves. And when I was speaking about them, my Australian colleague was uh, okay. Um, uh, swiftly leaping to the defense of the Chinese and implying that it wasn't still happening, mm. and it, and it is so difficult when yeah. your your life is engaged in, in in teaching. I remember having to teach a group of Chinese students um, uh, over here uh, just pre pandemic, and I said to the organizer, "You know, do you mind if I allude to these things? Um, really complicated." um issues, and I did allude to them and uh, and the students took it very well, I thought,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's something that we have to, I mean we we you know it it, yeah, it's something and it 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 might cost a little or it might cost a lot, but I think um we can't not we we have to keep speaking up about this for sure yeah. um so can we t- so why? man, so many different directions to go. Now we talk about like the medical community and, and why is this not, you know, sort of on the radar of a lot of physicians? Do you think it's because it's, it's a, you know, it's a very niche part of a surgical specialty. Um, or is it, are people just not aware or, or what, why, why, why is this doesn't seem to be hitting, uh, a nerve, even in, in the larger human trafficking circles, uh, we're not, that's not being talked about. Um, any, any ideas about that?
1: I, I think there are two elements, and, and one I've already alluded to, that um, the areas of criminology and uh, exploitation of people and the areas that most would link with medicine, including most doctors of healing and helping, they, they are not a harmonious um, pair. So there's, there's that kind of psychological uh, barrier, I think. But I have thought a lot about the very stark issue of th- this is a crime that we could eliminate if no healthcare professional participated in it. That's quite clear. This is Mm -hmm. not something that uh, (laughs) the average bank robber is going to be able to to do. It requires um, uh, training and expertise. Um, And so we have to face up to the reality that we are just like everybody else when it comes to particularly in poor countries or, or not. Um, uh this, this is going on in some more wealthy countries as well, the, the lure of, of money and the pressure that that can uh, put upon people, um, and the pressure of whistleblowing on colleagues if we suspect that um, something is, is awry, and uh, these are very difficult issues to face up to. Um, I, I remember, if I can share this, I think it's relevant being as a medical dinner way before I got interested in, in, in these issues. And a consultant sitting opposite me was chatting about how they'd been robbed recently. Um, you know, ghastly experience if, if it's happened to you. But she then said, why can't other people be like us, the meaning doctors? And it just happened that in the press that week, um, uh, there was an oncologist who was in the press because uh, he had poisoned his own wife, he'd murdered her with CCNU, an anti-cancer drug. So I said to her, you mean like Dr. X. <laughs> and and if looks could kill, I wouldn't be here today. And it was a bit naughty. I mean, I'm not, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was more going ho in those days, but. Um, The the point got across that we're no different in that regard from uh, other people. So so, so it's difficult. Um, uh, And we don't like to think of uh, our tribe um, being involved in such matters, but uh, some of the Cases um, uh, across the world are truly mind-boggling. I'll I'll mention specifically the the case in South Africa from about 10 years ago, where um, almost 100 people, I think, surgeons, nurses, um, uh, hospital administrators, and so on, were involved in a massive exposure of a case of uh, trafficked organs being uh, transplanted um uh, the the netgate case it's often often referred to and you think how could that happen how could that happen but it did
0: yeah yeah i mean we we are we are human we are fallible and um sometimes yeah who knows but it 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 does happen unfortunately doctors are no saints i know that i learned that right away in medical school that's for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) this one certainly isn't for sure yeah yeah
0: for sure um but perhaps um so let's talk, let's go on to talk about transplant tourism. Uh, you know, is this, and how that's related to H-Tour um, and how, and, um, or is it, you know, there's a connection between organ markets, transplant tourism and people trafficking, you know, let's step into that whole mess. Why don't we?
1: <laughs> well, look, well, another one of my um, consistent um, themes is that although, these things can be distinguished. My own feeling is that the Palermo protocol and and other um, uh, protocols and declarations that consistently and universally allude to payment for organs being um, unethical, um, uh, taps into, a common theme with organ markets, organ selling, um, transplant tourism, and, and at, the, uh, at the very sort of obvious end of the spectrum of, of, of wrong of, of organ trafficking. And because they lie on the spectrum, I personally think that um, all of them uh, need to be um, discouraged. But it is um, organ uh, 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 transplantation uh, tourism is the other activity that um, is very closely allied to um, uh, organ trafficking and often uh, confused with it. Now, the first thing is to distinguish that from medical tourism. Uh, When I was a GP many years ago, uh, family uh, doctor for, uh, 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 in other words, I remember a patient who uh, had told me they were going to India to have a CT scan in the early days when those were um, starting up. And to my amazement, she said, you know, I can have a holiday in India and get the scan done for the price of pay for one in, in, in the UK. And, um, now now that's an example of, of, of transplant, um, of, of medical tourism, mm-hmm. um, but uh, transplant um, tourism ha- has been um, defined most recently and helpfully, I think, by the declaration of Istanbul 2018 version, and it, and it says this, um, travel for transplantation becomes transplant tourism and thus unethical if it involves trafficking in persons for the purpose of organ removal or trafficking in human organs, or, and I think this is the key part, if the resources devoted to providing transplants to non-resident patients undermine the country's ability to provide transplant services for its own population, mm-hmm. um, so so it's that detriment yeah. to um, uh, local services or the diversion of it. Um, I, I think that's one of the key elements of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, do you think that transplant the transplant tourism is is a driving factor? You think it's one of the major driving factors in this, or or maybe not major, but definitely contributing.
1: The the key driving factor um, is is obviously the success of transplantation in in saving lives. So if people are dying and they know that there is a treatment that can save their lives, that is a very powerful motivator for, for action. So um, it is not surprising that wealthier nations where money can gain you virtually anything that you want, um, that will be expended in in, in trying to save your life. So um, a lot of um, uh, trafficked organs do end up in tourists, particularly going from... Well, I, I, I happen to know a Japanese journalist who, who writes about the, the, the many people who go over from Japan to China, for example, um, to uh, uh, obtain uh, organs that's very much to the detriment of uh, you know, where, where those organs have come from. And, and many people will will not be aware. Um, but even if they are aware and can do it, you can see how, um, you know, to save your life, you'll, you'll, you'll do anything.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure, and absolutely. I think on the flip side is just the lack of availability of transplantable organs. Um, is of course, and, I mean, when you've got the people who want them, it's the demand and the need, and yeah, demand and supply, um, which is a, and
1: and that's that's something that um, I th- I think is is very clear. Um, one of the Papers from 2013 that I I think you're going to be able to send out as a resource to listeners to the uh, podcast um, very much focuses on dealing with this issue by removing uh, the stimulus by uh, encouraging as much uh, legitimate uh, transplantation within a country as as possible. Um, and it's different issues in different countries that that need to be uh, need to be worked on, mm-hmm. and, and certainly in terms of getting an infrastructure and increasing the number of living and deceased donations, probably Spain in Europe is a is a paragon of of how to go about it um, successfully. But what works in one nation doesn't necessarily work in another. And one of the things that's puzzled me in um, my recent research about Singapore is that on paper, that's got uh, an ideal infrastructure and an ideal um, an ideal system in terms of, uh, or some would consider an ideal system in terms of being an opt-out system. So you, you, you don't have the inertia where you have an opt-in. In system. Interesting. Okay. Um, but so, I mean, to...
0: just to clarify for people, you, you're automatically an organ donor unless you say that you're not. Just Correct. to clarify, instead of how it is most around the world, that you have to opt in to being an organ donor. Correct. Yeah. Just want to although, clarify that for although people.
1: Although having such a policy can be counterproductive if you are determined to run it against the wishes of relatives. Yep. And, yep. and Singapore did have a nasty incident uh, yep. uh, about a few years back, but, but I think they've learned from it. Um, but the number of deceased donations in Singapore is still far, far lower than the um, uh, what one would expect mm. of a country uh, uh, of, of, of that wealth. And uh, in fact, the average, I think, too, it's lower. And that seems to be connected with what's usually described in the papers as as religious reasons. And if you do have a um, faith system, even in which part of it may have reservations, for example, about needing to be buried intact, then then this is something that has to be um, reckoned with and taken into uh, uh, account. And there's an important reason, I think, for not necessarily agreeing with it, but at least for um, religious understanding. Um, and Singapore, I hope, will manage to work on uh, uh, that area, which clearly is causing a difficulty. I don't have a have a solution for it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's. I think that. And so that just goes back to your point about being all kinds of different factors of of religious and cultural, as well as the technical and infrastructure way of procuring organs, being able to do transplants, being able to do enough of them, having enough trained staff, medical doctors, nurses, facilities to do that all, as well as line up with people's willingness um, to uh, say, yes, um, you can have my organ. Um, And and frankly,
1: another paradox is, uh, and and it's a very painful one, that as road traffic's uh, accidents are decreased and as road (laughs) safety improves, your source of organ supply rapidly diminishes. So uh, uh, there's a big, a big tension there.
0: Yeah, I heard one of our um, dark doctor jokes was that you know one of our patients, now not real, but he had a he had a terminal liver um, problem that was only going to be solved by a liver transplant. They, he's, you know, and he was asked, well, what he's going to do now after this diagnosis, he said he was going to lobby for the mandatory helmet law to be repealed um, for the motorcycle riders. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, uh, uh,
1: the dark side of medical. That's right.
0: <laughs> right. I and mean, it's.
1: For it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Probably just the two of us and a couple of doctors listening got that one, but um. Anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, then then you have, you know, not, not to go down in the weeds of all this, but then on the other hand, you have countries like Iran, uh, which are, it's legal to sell your organs, or you have other uh, people advocating. So what's wrong with people, you know, wanting to sell their organs? I mean, they're poor, they're destitute, you know, why not? Come on. Um, you know, and, and I don't, you know, this could be another hour long discussion, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it might be a question that some of us, um, have as, as they're listening to this is if they've heard instances um, or arguments like this. And so what really is, what, what's the problem?
1: Yeah, well, a, a very good question. And, um, certainly in, in Britain, uh, a leading, uh, university philosopher is one of the, uh, global, um cheerleaders for uh, uh, rubbishing the idea that you know people are being exploited if they if they sell their organs and uh, you know she she is a, a very good orator and reading her books. Um, I sort of think you know, wow, I wish I could write like that. <laughs> but I also think, um, what kind of planet is she living on? because in order to, maintain that position you have to turn a blind eye to other writers like nancy shaper hughes is probably the, the us leading um sort of exposer of the global organ trade and you know in in what country aren't people being exploited because i i i think the proposition that people will be better off and they wouldn't sell their organs unless they wanted to, um, assumes that they will be better off. But um, uh, certainly some of them don't see the payment at all. I mean, th- this is being done by criminals, not by uh, charities. And uh, there's a very recent paper uh, that, in fact, you kindly uh, informed me about a 2019 paper about organ um, trafficking in Nepal, where one area of um, Nepal, I think um, 300 people in that one area alone had sold their organs and um, at least five of them had had died um, uh, within a short space of time uh, afterwards. And if you're not followed up properly, if you don't receive the money, then, then I don't know any other word for that than exploitation, I'm afraid. Now, Iran has always held up as a, uh, as a way forward. Um, and Iran had been um, very successful in eliminating its waiting list um, completely. And with a state-run system, Um, I'm sure that problems with not being uh, paid and so on were not present. But um, there are questions surrounding Iran. And the biggest question I have is, could it work in different political systems to that uh, in Iran? And if you want to hold Iran up uh, as, as a world leader, then I take it that you'd be happy to live and move and work there. Um, But, you know, being perhaps slightly less cynical than that, the facts are that there are less donations from living relatives in Iran than there were before that system came in. And the global pattern of organs moving from the poor to the rich is still being replicated there and you know one can find this in in the uh, extensive literature that there is on Iran so so I simply wouldn't hold it up as being a model that the rest of the world is likely to get um, the same results and even there there are elements of it Again, deceased donations in Iran are far, far lower yeah. than they could be. So once you start paying, other less ethically um, fraught ways, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, get abandoned.
0: Yeah, and and so I mean the results and and the outcomes are simply not what people would have hoped for. Given this, you know, ideal. Oh yeah, why not? But it, it actually doesn't work out that way the uh the poor are still being taken advantage of and and depressed and not being cared for and and it's not producing the it's not producing the number of organs that you would have hoped even you know even if you had oh, like, oh the disadvantages are this but the advantages are there's more organs available but it doesn't seem to uh be be um playing out that way yeah.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm no utilitarian, but yeah. um, if I were, um, as, uh, as I think the uh, philosopher that I referred to uh, is, um, on a utilitarian basis, I just cannot see that yeah. it works. You're, you're yeah. not having the greatest happiness for the, yeah. the, the greatest number by you know people dying from lack of care after selling their organ and getting no money for it.
0: Yeah. And that really is one of the major problems with even the, the transplant tourism when they don't know how these organ are being procured. And it's really the care after, you know, even if they're getting paid and even if they're not being trafficked, you know, getting paid. Just. It's it's the it's it's they're 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 they get what they want or they, the trafficker or the procurer, gets what they want and then is left the donor um to fend for him or herself or yeah. tossed aside, yeah. not cared for. There's no follow-up. Yeah, I think um, to be fair,
1: that's yeah. not something that, that is happening in Iran. I think the donors yeah. are well looked after, but sure. that again makes it an exception yes. in countries where money is exchanging hands for organs, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what? So where do we go? I mean, where do we go from here? How, how can we motivate? I mean, it, you know, obviously this is, this is a topic ex- just inherent in medicine, germane to the medical field. Um, is there something, maybe this question has two parts. What can we do about it? Um, maybe the lay person, the non-medical person, and, and maybe what's, what is there for the medical field? Uh, where do we go from here? What can be done about it? Maybe there's, because there's, there's two different approaches. There's, you know, I think that the lay person thinks, you know, I don't know, Um, at least if you want an organ or talking about awareness about transplant tourism, doing your homework, um, putting pressure uh, on legislators or making sure that they're not, you know, if they are participating in this kind of thing to make sure that they're not participating in, in illegal organ trade, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know take it.
1: Well, I think to, general points for uh, any person listening, whether they're healthcare professional or not, is to um, uh, get informed. And so there will be a, a number of um, articles that are uh, available, I think, after this uh, podcast, but there is plenty of stuff uh, on on the web. And if you Google, as I did this morning, campaigners against uh, organ trafficking you will find uh, a plethora of, of organizations i even found an american site um called dressima i think it was where a lady in iowa is raising money against organ trafficking from from her dressmaking or at least she was when that site went up that 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 was a that, that was a new one uh, uh for me that there are uh, organizations like Nancy shape uses organ watch in the uk uh, and uh, and in other countries and transplant abuse in in, in China um and I will um, send to you a compilation of uh, uh, uh ones that i have uh, uh, i have found and get on their newsletters uh, uh Even broader organizations like um, uh, um, uh, Freedom From Torture also uh, do uh, dip their toe in the water of um, uh, organ transplantation. And then you'll sometimes come across organizations that you may think have got nothing to do with countering this. But if you're a banker or you're involved in economics, I I see there's a, a, a magazine called ACAMS that has a brilliant article. Um, on it, uh, on uh, organ trafficking, uh, and cantering the money laundering side of it, because that is also another uh, Mm -hmm. piece of the jigsaw that I, that I hadn't, uh, uh, that I hadn't thought about. So getting the information um, uh, there, then if you're a medic, then I think there are a number of, uh, of training organizations now that are uh, out there. Um, one has recently started in, in, in the UK called uh, VITA, and I'll, I'll send information about, about that. And you may know some in, uh, in the States, which will equip you to um, uh, be more uh, uh, aware as a, a physician dealing with practical matters of uh, encountering patients who may Thinking of um, uh, becoming transplant tourists or have a a, a trafficked organ, Um, but also um, enabling you to be more savvy in engaging with medical uh, bodies, and Mm -hmm. and I realised this morning um, that I had never written to my own. Royal College here in Britain, you, you, if you're a medical organization, you, you've got to have a royal patron. So I need to write to my Royal College and say, you know, are we doing anything to educate our, right. our members yes. uh, 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 about that? And also, if you are uh, involved in renal medicine, wherever you are in the world, or just in hospital institutional medicine, asking your own institution. When did we last have, you know, a clinical round or an update uh, yeah. uh, on right. uh, this kind of thing? And and this can be enormously useful in raising awareness right. uh, uh, and and hence helping people thousands, millions of miles away.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think th- I mean, there's the the nephrologists or the um, the kidney doctors. Uh, the surgeons, but also the regular internal medicine or GP family docs too, is is they have Absolutely. patients that are that are looking for kidneys or or livers or or corneas. I mean, whatever is being transplanted, kidneys. We use kidneys because that's the most common one. Um, but you know, just to help assess and do some screening questions as they have patients that are moving towards thinking about transplant or transplant tourism and, and things like that. And, and helping, helping bring this attention when they're aware, then they can bring attention to their patients who may not have thought about it until then they themselves need an organ and talking about, Hey, and then, and then linking them up with, you know, these organizations about awareness or how, how, how to do this safely you know, not just say for the patient, but say for the donors and, and make sure that there's, there's no illegality, uh, or, um, that the, you know, the donors are being taken care of that, you know, it's all above board and totally legit and yep. being aware of these things and then increasing the communication and knowledge about, okay, let's, and then, you know, even establishing networks of, of, okay, who, you know, if you are going to travel, uh, for certain things, maybe you know, having international networks of of connecting doctors who are aware of the problem and, and are have their eyes open um, to uh, where's a legit place to get one and where's not legit um, places and things like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, just kind of exploring, you know, different ways. But I think we don't know. I mean, we won't know any of this until we start becoming aware of what the problem is and how pervasive it is, or aware of some of the the warning signs too. Um, or you've got patients that have come back, maybe, uh, you know, come return from there, someplace.
1: There yeah. is a uh, silence in medical journals too. Yeah. You just prompted me to think about that and, and letter writing to them. Um, to give praise where praise is due. And I think The Lancet um, in the UK mm-hmm. and um, Transplantation, uh, yeah. uh, just one uh, other journal, which both give regular coverage or, or as regular as it gets to uh, to these issues. Uh, and there is a, a brilliant three-page article by Jessica De Jong um, in Transplantation yes. on the very issue of questions to um, yes. ask patients about all kinds of areas to just get get a feel for whether there's something amiss with the, either where they're going for an organ or where they have sure. one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I purposely haven't gotten into the weeds of uh, you know red flags and identification markers, things like that. I, that that we will post that article um, for those That's of you like- who are more interested in that too. Um, yeah, but I think we really need to do a lot more. And thank you, uh, really, Trevor, for all of your work in this area. Uh, is there Are there other things that we need to touch on? I mean, th- th- of course, I mean, I could think of a couple other things. We might be talking here for a couple more hours. But um, anything right now that you want to make sure that people know or aware of um, or think about? Uh, yeah.
1: We've mentioned COVID in passing. Oh, right. But mm-hmm. It is really important. Sure. That, that That's yes, the one thanks. sort of burden I have before before going, because I, I'm, I must admit privately in ETAC, most of the committee members in the UK felt that when COVID struck and travel essentially stopped globally, this would be a good thing for preventing um both human trafficking for organ removal and and um, organ uh, trafficking in general. Um, however, that that mm-hmm. was sadly uh, misplaced for a whole variety of reasons as things have panned out. Um, and of course it, it, it's it's um, certainly a double whammy now, if, if not a triple whammy in as much as, um, many of the poorest nations of the world will be even worse hit mm-hmm. by COVID, and those who are on the borderline of extreme poverty will have been driven into it. Um, so the uh, potential victims for, for traffickers um, uh, and exploiters will, will have increased. But also, of course, COVID um, itself. Uh, and this i think amongst the general population let alone doctors is just not recognized it doesn't only attack lungs but also kidneys and we have people dying in the uk because they couldn't get dial mm-hmm. this isn't broadcast but um yep. certainly renal physicians i know have told me that people yep. have died under their care because they could not get dialysis or or obviously a renal transplant because yep. um operations um were were, were ceasing so There is now a greater range of potential donors. There's certainly a greater uh, span of um, uh, uh, those in need of um, organs. Uh, And so I think we're going to see um, uh, a huge expansion uh, of, uh, of, of this problem. And that's already been reflected early on in the pandemic in in China, when in the January um, uh, 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 of um, the of twenty twenty as time uh, time flies, doesn't it? I think it was twenty twenty, <laughs> um, uh, or perhaps it was even earlier on uh, that, than that. But at some point early on, China um, had been proclaiming that it had done the first double lung transplant for. Uh, a covid uh, patient and they had managed to get that organ within days and normally you would need to wait um years i mean i i have a friend whose daughter sadly died of cystic fibrosis uh on the waiting list here so this you know is very personal for for me now how does that happen Without having a system of availability on demand, cross matching, ready to go, you know?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, COVID has really complicated everything else about human trafficking. And so, of course, there's uh, HTOR is no exception and, you know, and making everything worse for sure. Um, yeah. Um, well, that's a bright note. Uh- <laughs>
1: well, I was just. I- I was just thinking the same. I mean, on on a on a happier uh, on a happier note, um, opportunities, you know, like this, which might not have happened were it not uh, uh, for COVID. You know, the the internet has a bad side of not being yeah. easily. Uh, uh, shut down <laughs> but it has a good side and being able to yes um, gain uh, uh, uh awareness and people I guess will be listening to this or parts of it eventually all all over the world and so the the chance to awaken uh, awareness and stimulate um action um, is uh, has probably never n- never been been greater
0: I agree. And, and this is something that people really can, I mean, it is complicated, you know, with, you know, donors and countries and third countries, and we didn't get into all of that. Um, But I think it's something that we can get our heads around. And it's something that really can be stopped, uh, or at least greatly diminished. Uh, and yeah, we just need to get more people on board and, and, aware and, and actually caring to do something about it. And I, I, I really believe that.
1: Yeah. 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 We have several yeah. members of, uh, parliament here who are cheerleaders for, for stopping this trade. Yeah. And I'm sure I, I met one in Australia when I was there yeah. as well, doing, doing a great for job. Sure. I'm sure we have many in the States too.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I think we'll wrap that up. I think we've given uh, people quite a bit to think about, and there will be loads of well, be loads of uh, resources and articles and links uh, in the show notes. When I'm done, I'll c- coordinate with Trevor and making, make sure that you uh, have access to all of that. If you have any questions about any of this, please reach out to me. If you have a question for Dr. Stammers and then, um, yeah, reach out to me and I'll see if I can, uh, uh, he'll Maybe be uh, gracious enough. That. Okay. Thank you. Um, no problem at all. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, thank you so much. It's really been, I, you know, I learned something every time I talk to you about this and about other things. Look forward to seeing you again in a, in a webinar coming up and, uh, we'll be in touch. That's for sure.
1: Well, thank you for gently uh, encouraging me to do this. I, uh, I, I'm glad I did it. Thank
0: you. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And uh, maybe we'll find something else to talk about in the future. It was a pleasure. Have a great weekend.